On this episode of The Mompreneur Show, I'm talking with Wendy Speak. She's a wife, a mother of three boys, a speaker, and a two-times best-selling author. Now, we had Wendy on the show before on episode 35, and she shared an incredible message of how to win in line without losing at home. And today, we're going to be talking about her book, Triggers, and it's essentially about how not to yell at your children. We'll also dig into the difference between traditional publishing and self-publishing and the difference between that and how Wendy and why Wendy took the route of self-publishing one time and then she went through um, a more of a traditional publisher another time and how and why she chose a co-author for both of her books. But before we get into the show, I would like to thank two wonderful companies for helping making the show happen. And one of them is Audible. Audible has an incredible amount of audiobooks. So you can download the app on your phone, on on your iPod, on your iPad, and listen to audiobooks on the go. And that is how I consume most of my books. Now, if you go to audible.com forward slash Vicky, get your free audio book. Seriously, just for free, just go to audible.com forward slash Vicky and you will get your free audible book. And Maidon. Maidon is an incredible company run by a fellow mom entrepreneur and she makes the most awesome and healthy natural skincare products for your whole family. They have hard lotion and chapsticks, lip balms, um, hard lotion sticks. I mean, you name it, they have everything and they're giving away $5 off your next purchase. So if you go to hardlotion.com, add anything that you want to your cart and make sure to put in Vicky as a cute coupon code and that's V-I-C-K-Y to get $5 off your entire purchase at hardlotion.com and I'm telling you the $5 will take you far. All right, thank you so much again for being here. I'm your host Vicky Lashenko and this is the show that helps mom entrepreneurs win in business without losing at home. Thank you so much for being here. Wendy, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Wendy, I really appreciate you for being here and taking your time out of your busy life uh, for joining us again. I know you've joined us back in November and shared an incredible story with us of how you started your online journey. But today we'll take a bit of a different route and we'll talk about your book, your technically your first book, but we'll talk more about that, Triggers. And it's an incredibly powerful book for every single mom to hear, especially for us entrepreneurs um, who juggle a lot of things in life. And I want to say this again, but um, I sent out um, a survey to the Mompreneur Show audience and asking them, how can we improve the Mompreneur Show? How can we do things better? What kind of shows do you watch? Who were your uh, favorite guests? And the answer to the question, so many, so many women said was Wendy's episode, how to win online without losing at home. And that was so powerful, Wendy. And I just want to thank you so much for, uh, for really spreading this message and creating, creating a community around this topic, because it's not, unfortunately, it's not talked about often enough. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really glad to be here and continue the conversation. I, I would like to get to the point where I have arrived and I can either say, I don't need to talk about it anymore because I'm perfect, or <laughs> it's so easy for me to just give you all a formula. Do these three things and you won't struggle with it anymore. But truly, I think it's just part of, it's part of the rub of um, 
of having children in a fallen world. So they're little sinners. And what's more than that is, so are we. So we need to continually be working out our own spiritual maturity as we encourage our children to grow in maturity as well. And so I'm still in the trenches with you. And it is a conversation that I love to have with women because we need to. We need to be having this conversation. And Wendy, I want to thank you so much for being exactly what you're just talking about. Like, I'm still there. I'm still in the trenches. I'm still working. I'm not perfect. And that message that you talk about is so visible in your book writing, in your in your text, in your Instagram posts, in your Facebook posts. And I just want, really want to thank you so much for, for letting us know that that you're just like us. You struggle with the same things that we're struggling with and not making us feel like, oh my gosh, like there's this perfect mom who talks about it. And like, and because in, in a way, I think here in this day and age, it's so easy for us to get caught up like, oh my gosh, she's so perfect. And here am I yelling at my kids all the time. Well, I, I have to tell you, Vicki, if if I heard someone speaking from the other side of it, I wouldn't want to listen to her because she doesn't, she's, she's not there with me. But my, my hope and my prayer is that every time that I lose it at home or just struggle, I'm not saying, you know, blowing it, but every time I'm tempted to, to um, lose it, that my attention goes to the mountains from where my help comes from and that I continue to point myself and therefore point my children to the Lord. And by by coming on your show today and by writing books, then I'm inviting other moms to put their attention on Christ as well and say, okay, in these triggered moments, in these moments where I am not doing what I want so desperately to do, you know, like, Paul, yeah. why do I keep doing the things I don't want to do? Um, that I'm inviting others to come along and say, okay, Lord, what, what do you have for me? Um, what kind of refining are you still wanting to do in my own walk of faith and then as you as you refine me lord that you would then be refining my children by example by their mm-hmm. mother's example mm-hmm. and so that's that's why i love coming on your show is because i'm just inviting women to come along in the refining process oh i love that you said that thank you so much wendy and you're you're an incredible um incredible example to me and um everyone watching because as i said they love love you and your books so wendy let's talk about the book the content of the book and then the second half we'll go dig deeper into your writing process and why you chose to write with a co um, author and all the good stuff but right now i really want to bring your attention on chapter eight about ignoring instruction Goodness gracious, my kids always ignore my instruction. And in a way, I feel so guilty because I have not disciplined them well enough for them to be able to respond right away. But you share some really incredible stories in here. And I would love if you could talk about that. Like, how do you even, how do you not blow up when your kids are ignoring your instruction? I'd love to point out a word that that you've used and and then kind of tweak it a little bit. You said, I obviously have not disciplined my children well enough to follow instructions. And um, I think that we've forgotten the order of things. First, we disciple. We disciple our children, which means, okay, I'm a disciple of Christ, right? So here I am, I'm following after Jesus. And then I say to my children, hey, follow after me as I follow after Jesus. You become my disciples and therefore you're becoming his disciples, right? So much of our training of our children is discipling them. We're saying, hey, this is the way that we're going. Let's walk this way. Oh, I see that you've forgotten. 
come on, let's continue to walk this way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not so much discipline at this age. It's discipling. Come on, let's get this behavior right. Oh, I see you're forgetting again. And one of the things that Amber says often uh, in our in our small group for moms who struggle with anger, but also in this book is, you got to keep on doing the parenting, the good parenting. Every day, even though you think, okay, I've taught you already, why are you not listening yet? Well, they're obviously not done learning the lesson, so you're not done discipling them. Now, a time does come when you say, you guys have heard this message, and here is the consequence of if you cannot do the thing that is the right thing for you to do, if you cannot honor me, if you cannot respect one another, if you cannot respect the things in our home, if you can't come to the table when you're called for dinner, there's going to be some consequences. And that's when it becomes discipline. So we don't discipline our children to learn how to behave. We disciple our children so that they learn how to behave. And when they come of age, and they should be able to do this, then there's discipline. And Mm -hmm. the whole point of this, we're going to take it one step farther, is so that they can learn to be self-disciplined. Right? We disciple them. Okay, they've been discipled. They're ready to go. Hmm. They're not They're not following up with it. So there's discipline, which is totally natural consequences. This isn't just random, oh, what do I do? Hmm. Like we make plans. So if you know what your triggers are and you've done good parenting, then you can just figure out what's the right thing for me to say in these triggered moments and what's the right consequence. And as our children continue to grow, then they say, I need to have self-discipline so I don't get disciplined because I have been a disciple of my mother's for a long time. You Wendy, know what I mean? Oh my gosh. So like, I, I do understand exactly what you're saying. And I'm just so in awe because um, I love this strategy of uh, discipleship versus discipline. And it's not necessarily like versus, it's just in my words. But I love right. that different view of it because oftentimes um, I, I focus a lot on discipline and like, okay, guys, discipline, discipline. Okay, if you don't do this, you, you get this. And and But I love like, it's kind of like, follow me. Let's do this together. Let me show you how. It's a mind-blowing perspective. And I think that's exactly how we are led by Christ and like by 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 example. And I feel like, for me, if I, I if I can't control myself, like what am I expecting from my kids? If I can't control myself and hold down my anger, how can I expect them to do that? So I feel like, my Absolutely. goodness gracious, they learn from example so much. So I want to talk about triggers and ladies in the comments while we're talking about this. I would love to to hear what are some of your triggers that get you really worked up. And for me, it's what working when I'm not supposed to be working. And I try to schedule my day so I work while my kids are in school and only that. And when I come out, my office is closed and I'm with them and I'm not on my phone. And I oftentimes, God, goodness gracious, um, I am I am on my phone when I'm not supposed to be. And my kids are asking me for something or they're fighting and I, I'm like trying to figure this out. And all of a sudden I just blow up. Right. And that that's one of my triggers. I think there are a couple different things about the phone that are really interesting. The first is we can go there when we're feeling stressed, right? Yeah. I can't handle this. And so it's escapism, right? Oh my gosh. But really it does the opposite of what we need to do. I can't handle you. So I need to go into you. I need to put down all the distractions and I need to be present because I can't handle you. Either you're being unmanageable because maybe you just need a little bit more of your mom right now. Mm-hmm. Or you're being unmanageable, so you need some more of your mom right now because she needs to correct you. Mm-hmm. But whatever it is, if he's being unmanageable right now, 
going into your phone isn't going to help him. Yeah. And if if you're there in your phone, anyway. Yeah, it's, I mean, when do you... There, there are so many, there, I, I don't want to go down rabbit holes because we can spend the whole time talking about the phone. Yeah. I wake up in the morning and we could have a whole conversation about the importance of being in God's word in the morning before we start. But you and I, man, we reach over onto that bedside table and we check Facebook and we check Instagram and we check email and we check oh Voxer. And oh, oh, and, and you've got notifications popping up, right? Wendy. But I also have my Bible app right there. And so one of the main things I have felt the Lord say to me is, Wendy, do you really care what Vicki has to say before you care what I have to say? Do you really care what everybody else likes about last night's comment? before you care about what I like. Yeah. Yeah. Do you really want to follow them or do you want to follow me? Do you really want to see how many people are following you? Or do you want to put your attention first thing on being my follower so that if people are following you, you're going the right direction? Wendy, that is so powerful. And ladies, I just want to really put put a, a huge explanation mark on this, uh, on this uh, topic because the phone is our biggest distraction. And I've already said this before, none of the people before us have ever dealt with such intense pressure from our phones, in- intense pressure from, from friends, following friends on Instagram and Facebook and, and the whole instant gratification of like post something and you get likes and followers. It's insane how psychologically damaging it is. And I know I'm talking about this, but I'm, I'm struggling with it really, really badly. And like my husband's like, sweetheart, maybe you should just like get off all the social media now. Cause I'm like, are you kidding me? Like that's not, even it's my the- job. <laughs> yeah. The, I mean, the, and secretly I'm like, man, I wish I could do that. I wish yeah. I could just check out and you know that's one of the things that we can talk about forever and ever and ever but I'm totally checking out in the summer like I'm taking a week off and I'm just gonna be like okay bye everybody I'm not I'm gonna be online like for a week so um and I think that's what we we should aim for every like my my um I think that we don't need that one month I think what we need is um I I just think on a normal basis knowing how we're going to use it each day so if I know that I must be in God's word before I open up any other app. And if that's a commitment that I'm going to say to the Lord, and it's a commitment I'm going to make to my family, because it transforms a woman, Mm. right? It transforms us Mm. to spend time in God's word, into being more like Christ. But to spend more time on Facebook does not not make us more Christ-like. It just simply doesn't. Um, So what if we say, in the mornings, I'm not going to be online. If I have to have a post go up early, then I will schedule the post. And maybe in the notes here, you can put link to some of those um, uh, apps that you can use to schedule your posts out. That might be really helpful for some of these ladies. And then say, okay, well, I've got these kiddos at home during these hours. I'm going to choose the times that are most important for me to be present, to not be on my phone. So after school, picking them up. I mean, who's sitting there in the pickup line, you know, scrolling through Facebook or checking boxes, and then you're like, oh, sweetheart, hi, nice to see you, and then you listen to your message for the rest of the drive home, and then why is it my kids come home and they, you know, they're out of control? Well, what if we put our phones down and say, I'm not picking that phone up again until whatever time that is, after dinner or after the kids are down, and during those, that's, it's like putting the, the closed until sign up in your shop window if this is where you do business then this is your shop window and say i'll be back at eight to check in on these different posts that i put up 
and to do work again. If that works for your marriage, I mean, that might not work for your marriage. Maybe all you can do right now is nine to two. Mm -hmm. And if that's all you can Mm -hmm. do right now, for goodness sakes, what's the Lord going to honor more? Us being really smart with our time and limiting our time online or us making ourselves available to the world while not making ourselves available available to our kids. Exactly. And I love the way you put it, Wendy. That That's beautiful. And I really want to acknowledge um, those of us, those of you who are joining us live. Uh, I'm so sorry, sweetheart, if I'm mispronouncing your name. But she said, Wendy, I agree with you about when we should spend time on social media. It should be scheduled and controlled. It's hard, but it can be done. I wholeheartedly yeah. agree with you, honey. It is so it is so hard. Uh, one of my favorite verses, uh, and it is just it's one of my heart messages when it comes to the whole phone thing. So listen up. Um, it's from Jeremiah, and he says, My people have done two sins. They've committed two sins. First, they have forsaken me, the fount of living water. And then the second thing they've done is they have, they have hewn for themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can't hold water. I think it's Jeremiah 29. Don't remember uh, the actual verse. But what it is is when we're picking up that phone, when we know we need something to get us through and we haven't abided in Christ yet. And remember, when you abide in him, you bear his fruit. So that's the fruit of patience and self-control, the opposite yeah. of exploding at your kids. So instead of going to him, we've, we've designed for ourselves cisterns to hold water, right? To fill mm-hmm. us up. But they're broken cisterns and they can't hold the living water that we are so in desperate need of. So that's that's what I feel the Lord teaching me. And I wish I could just learn it. But it really is an addiction. The social yeah. media is an addiction. And how very ironic that there's a apple on our devices with a bite taken out of. I mean, it is there. It is a temptation, right? Oh, my gosh. I have never thought about that. Oh. Yeah. K- Katie Reed and I were um, working through one of our sugar fasts. And then we started talking about all the different idols we have in our lives and she she put that in a post and it's just so true oh my gosh that is so, so true. true um i want to acknowledge olga for being here and she said yes i disabled notifications because i get distracted enough as it is High five, i just girl. did for the first time and you guys it's not hard you can still have them all there and see just see how it, it does for you because if i've said i'm only going to check in between you know nine and eleven and between um I don't know, whatever time, one and two, and then eight and nine. Those are my times for checking in on social media. Then you're not going to be tempted to, oh, but somebody, but, but, because you won't know. They're there. They'll be waiting for you. They're not waiting for you to respond back to their response to you. You're going to be okay. And so it's just really setting boundaries for ourselves. So one of the chapters in um, triggers Mm -hmm. is on multitasking. Oh, please talk about that. that. When we are spread thin and there's no margin in our lives, then anything our children do becomes that straw that broke the mother's back. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Now, maybe it's just the fact you guys might've seen one of my children just walked behind me. He's not supposed to be there, but I've got all these other things going on. So I feel like, Oh, my kid's not honoring me because I'm spread so thin and I've got all these other, other things that I'm doing and why won't they just obey me? But, you know, if I hadn't been on this call right now, then that wouldn't have disturbed me. Now, is it true that he didn't follow instruction? And so that's something that I can come back to with him when it's not this moment and say, hey, buddy, remember, I gave this instruction to you and you didn't follow through. What is it you think you need 
to remember that when I give a specific instruction, you need to do it. It makes it easier on me. It makes it easier on you. It's better for your life. God's word says that if you can honor me, your life's going to go great. And you weren't able to honor me. So what should we do? So when I'm calm, I can have that conversation with him. But it's really hard to be calm when they're doing wrong because we've got so many things going on. Mm. So multitasking for me is learning which task is most important and then saying no to some other tasks. So when I was in college, I called my mom at the beginning of a semester, just a puddle of tears saying, I can't take as many classes as everybody else. I don't know what's wrong with me, but I can't do it. I can't take classes, hold a job, be in the theater production, do this, do that. I just can't do it. And she said, well, then don't. I said, but I feel like a failure. Mm-hmm. If I can't do what everybody else, and she said, Wendy, you're not a failure if you drop a class. You're a failure if you keep doing your class and then you fail it. That's that's a failure. You failed a class. So you and I can't drop our kids. We can't drop a class where our kids are concerned. Yeah. So we need to look at the the totality of our days of our lives, and we need to say, okay. What should I not be doing? And this is a really hard conversation to have with a bunch of entrepreneurial moms because I might be telling you that you shouldn't be doing something that you're inspired to do. It is possible that one of the ways you're marketing or maybe what you're marketing or maybe the time of marketing, maybe it's not right or maybe it is and you just need to figure out which balls you can let drop. Oh my gosh, that's so powerful. It can't be kids. Exactly, exactly. It cannot be kids. It cannot be our marriage. And that's, you know, something that my husband and I are talking about because I have been so busy with everything. And we actually had a conversation yesterday. He's like, um, honey, like, you know, I sometimes wish that you weren't so busy with your online stuff. And I'm like, why? Why is that? And he's like, well, the house is kind of like not getting done. Oh, I thought done. you were, were going to say sex. Oh my God. Night. So often we're. Oh no, that. Shopping. So that is a priority for me. So, like, <laughs> we're good. We're good there. But, like. Oh, good. We can all be. We can all rest assured that Vicki and her husband are doing just fine. <laughs> yes. But, like, you know, and ladies, I love that we're having this very raw, vulnerable conversation because it is about your priorities. It is like putting the things first. And my husband's like, well, no, it's it's the house. Like the the hall is hasn't been painted for, for months. I mean, it's literally just I painted sure. around the trim and everything else is the sheetrock, the white stuff. And it's like, right. we got to paint it. And I'm just like, oh, but I'm doing this. I'm, I'm doing that. And he's like, well, well, we need to come in and just take some stuff out. And so like my husband and I have been having this conversation and it's a continuing conversation. It's like really what can we take out of our lives or other activities that can really help um, us focus on the things that are are more important. So it might be be that you and your husband say, hey, let's plan one weekend a month where it's just house projects. And we're offline and we're inviting the kids in to do it with because you've got boys and your boys are going to grow up and they're going to um, run households of their own one day. And so you invite them in and say, okay, this is what we're doing this weekend and this is what I need you to do and mom's going to be doing this. And I'm not saying that this is what you need to do. I'm saying to come up with a plan. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Stephen Covey, is that right? Mm -hmm. Seven Habits of Highly Effective People says you need to schedule your priorities before you have to prioritize your schedule. Mm -hmm. And you know what that means. Like if 
where is, oh, my computer is resting on my calendar. I would open it for you, but then I would have to move my computer right now. <laughs> so if I went to February, you would see that there is, there are multiple things in every single box. I have a very busy schedule. So what you want to do is you want to schedule your priorities before your schedule gets all booked up. And you have to then figure out how to schedule and how to prioritize the schedule that's too full. So maybe that means looking into next month or the month after and start making some changes slowly and invite your husband into it and say, where do you think we're dropping some of the glass balls? I mean, the rubber balls can bounce, but what are some of the glass balls in our lives that are just shattering? Um, I love that. It might be date night and it might be being in the word with the kids and it might be having people over and fellowshipping Mm -hmm. with other like-minded believers Um, or it can be um, sex. It can be. Ladies, I know getting your post ready at night is a thing. I do. Yeah. But um, meeting up with your husband in the dark and working out all the other stuff that way mm-hmm. is really, really important. They need it. You need it. Your mental health needs it. But another thing, Vicki, about all those piles that you have and all those unfinished projects, I think that we need to remember that we're speaking to creative women. Yeah. So it's very typical for men or women who are always inspired to have piles everywhere. Yeah. It's just, it is part of your personality, but all of a sudden it can get just like off the hook crazy yeah. Yeah. when one of those inspired ideas takes off. Yeah. So one of my inspired ideas took off this year and I've got piles everywhere and I love, I love a peaceful living room. I mean, so you just need to make a plan with your husband and say, okay, now that mama's more busy, how can we make some schedule schedule our priorities for our home, for our mm-hmm. our relationship, for our time with the kids, and Commun- make some plans? Exactly, communication is so important, and just sitting down and talking about it is so so important. My husband, Absolutely. he is an incredible man of, of very few words, <laughs> so it has been it has been hard to sit down and to talk things through, um, but it's it's so important. It's so important. Yeah. Um, Wendy. I feel like I feel like we can talk about this all day long. And ladies, um, I I would love to give you a copy of this um, book, Trigger. So share share this post uh, with your friends and family, um, and let me know in the comments what is it that triggers you. Um, and Wendy, I I really want to go into more of like the writing process, how yeah. you wrote this book, why you chose to go with a co-author. That's actually very very interesting, and how you found a publisher yeah. for this. So so many questions, but you can maybe take that and go in yeah. order. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, I know that lots of women have books in them, right? Yeah. I've got this story. I've got this lesson that the Lord keeps teaching me. I would love to write a book one day. Do I go a traditional publisher? How do you get an agent? Uh, do I self-publish? Because that's like a real thing these days. That's a very common thing for women to do. Um, how many books can you expect to to sell? And, and what's normal? And how much will you make? Do you make any money? So these are all really great questions that lots of women uh, send me emails about. So traditionally published books means that you have found an agent, usually an agent. Some women sell them without an agent. Yeah. And you have a proposal or maybe even the manuscript half done. And you share it with someone. They say, this is great here. Let's tweak the proposal a little bit like this. And they send it to publishers. And a publisher says, I've caught the vision. I would love it. And then they they make an offer either to you or through your agent that says, I'll pay you in advance of 5000 10000 20000 Depends on you know your platform size. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what you do is you go through the process with their editors, with their designers, and they, they sell it. 
And then if you hit that advance, which means if you're making, say, 20% of the cover price of the book, this is just a little education, then I'll get into my own story. Mm-hmm. If the book is $10 and you're making 20% uh, of it, then you're making $2 for every book sold. How many books is it going to take to sell before you paid back that advance, the money that they're giving you ahead of time to cover, you know, to, to pay you while you're writing the book? Um, so if you made 5000 how long is it going to take you to sell enough books to pay that off before you start getting a royalty check? Okay, so Whoa. That, that, yeah. First of all, I've never heard that you have to repay your advance. Well, that's why it's called an advance. It, you're, they're giving you the money in advance, and now you need to earn it by selling those books. Oh my gosh, I honestly had no idea. Like honestly, and I know that's why I said this is just an education. We could have done a whole. We could have done a whole talk just on how publishing works. Okay, so with self-publishing, you yourself are covering the cost. You're not paying yourself in advance. Instead, you're you're spending money, right? Mm-hmm. on your graphic designer and the the formatting and getting it to create space and uploading it and all that stuff. So if you can spend a couple hundred dollars, you can spend a couple thousand dollars. Um, and then as soon as you start making money, you start making money. So a $12 book, maybe you're making after the cost of um, Amazon and um, create space. Let's say you're making $6 a book rather than $2 a book. So we're talking about so, self-publishing now, right? Because it's... So now, that, yeah, that's the difference. So instead of doing that, you're doing it yourself, but you're covering your own costs. Yeah. But you're also not going to get into the brick and mortar stores of your Barnes and Noble or Target or, or wherever you buy your books. But not all the publishers are going to get you in all the stores anyway. So those are kind of the two options. Anyway, last year, I did one of each. I had a self-published book. It's what not really self-published. It was published through a ministry so it was their platform. They did it, but they went through the same self-publishing um, you know, vein yes. that yes. I would do if it were me. So those are your two options. So now let me answer your question. So um, Kelly Stewart and I had this idea of writing Life Creative, Inspiration for Today's Renaissance Mom about creativity and motherhood. And that's what I had been on the show with you before talking about that book. Mm-hmm. So we went to Illum, which is a great conference uh, for writers. Uh, and just creative women, business women, great, great place. So follow um, Illum if you can so that you know if they, when they do their next conference. It's a great one in South Carolina. Um, and so we went there and we actually met with a couple agents. We got an agent. And within the year, she sold Life Creative to Kriegel Publications and the book launched. So in the process of selling the book, I'm a writer for the Mob Society. So that's M-O-B, Mob, Mothers of Boys. And I'm just one of their writers. And the woman who owns the site said to all of the writers, hey, I'm getting a lot of emails from women who are struggling with mommy anger. What do you think, guys, about having a private Facebook group? Would anyone be willing to administer it? And Amber Lee said, I'll do it. And within the first couple months, there were thousands of women there. And she said, I need a partner. So I said, I'll be your partner. And so what we do is we say, honestly, this is what's going on in my house. This is what the Lord is teaching me. This is what his word says. This is how I'm responding wrong. This is how I'm responding right. Hey, let's pray for each other. Mm-hmm. And so it's sharing graphics, sharing stories, sharing prayers. and just a very engaged group. So one day I said, so what are your triggers? 
and hundreds of women. When this, when that, when my kid talks back to me, when I'm ignored, when they're slamming doors, when the baby's whining over everything and wants to be held, when my husband's traveling. I thought I was going to have help from my mother and my mother-in-law and nobody's there to help me. I'm lonely. I'm sick. I have a kid with ADHD. All these things I did not know would be my triggers are my triggers. And so the next day, Amber, without even talking through it with me, she says in the group, hey, guys, Wendy and I are going to go through this list of triggers that you put together. And what, again, we did not talk it through. It was just the Holy Spirit kind of writing a book is really honestly how we feel. Uh, she, instead, of, instead of us saying, okay, how do we get our kids to stop ignoring our instruction? We say, okay, what does the Lord have for us to learn in this triggered moment? And we started transforming ourselves and inviting our kids to come along. And so then the next day I chose another trigger and the next day she did. And the women started saying, can you put these together like in a series, like in a book for us? Wow. So the owner of the Mob Society said, uh, how about we do that? And so Brooke McLaughlin, through the Mob Society, became our publisher. And they did it in a, in a self-published sort of way. Yes. But under the umbrella of their um nonprofit ministry to moms Mm. and so it's just been it's been an incredible experience because they are a powerhouse when it comes to marketing and ministering to women online so i've gotten to learn from them and i just think i it's been incredible it's just been an incredible process wow wendy i appreciate you so much for sharing that that's so much incredible information um thank you so much for dividing the the publishers um the traditional versus the um, self-publishing and and I love that um, the Mob Society just really literally created like their own mini publishing house and they published did. their uh, your book under under them so it was really really great so now I mean we can I really really want to talk uh, more about um, how you wrote the book like the actual sure. process of writing the book with amber because i can I, the way you guys separated this book is really interesting actually i was thinking about this while i was reading it i was like oh my gosh like every chapter is like i can just imagine them saying wendy this is your chapter um mm-hmm. amber this is this is your chapter be, based on the topic maybe one of you guys are more passionate about but it, the sure. other books i've read that have been co-written are like so me and then they write their name and him and, they, and it was so sometimes so annoying well, and i love how you guys wrote yours this is what i was saying is it really was it, I, i'd like to say thank you we're quite brilliant yeah. i like to think really but we're not um it was just it's the way that it came out it was me writing to this group of now 15,000 women um, saying, okay, so this is a trigger and here's an anecdote from my own life and here's what God's word says and this is what I think he's calling you and me and all of us to do in those triggered moments. Mm-hmm. And let's let's end it with a prayer. And then I'd write, love Wendy. And then Amber would come in. Now, once yeah. we knew we were putting it into a book, we said, well, some of these are 500 words and some of them are 1,500 words. Yeah. Some of them have prayers. Some of them don't. Some of them actually are missing scriptures and less of an application. So then we put it out. We put it together and said, okay, we need a format. So it should be 12 to 1,500 words. And let's make sure there's a scripture, a scripture rich, and there's application. And it's got a good story in it. So that became our format. Wow. But really, the, the writing of it in the group, was so it, it came together that way that we were learning from ourselves when it came time to put it together. Yeah. And then and then we said, well, how should we put these in order? Well, some of the triggers are external triggers. My kids 
are doing this and they're doing that and they're doing this and they're whining and they're not listening and they're rolling their eyes. And so we have those as our chapter titles. So you can go to it and say, but my kids keep whining. Where was that chapter? And the second half is mom. What's going on with mom? So maybe I've got, maybe I've got postpartum. Maybe I've got depression. Maybe I've got, um, Maybe, maybe I'm lacking faith. Maybe I've never put my faith in Christ. Now here I am mm. crying out, God, be with these kids. But maybe I need to just go back to the basics and remember what Christ saved me for. So there are all these things that are more about us than about our children. But really, the overarching things that really is about us. All of these things, if you're responding in a negative way to your kids, it is about you. It is about you. And what they're doing is just the trigger that is opening up the conversation of what's going on in you. Mm -hmm. And so that's how it came together. Now, there were lots of holes, like, okay, how many chapters should there be? Well, let's do one a day for someone who's really serious. I'm going to do a month of this. And I'm, and those women that did that a month, 31 days of these, they've gone back and they've done it multiple times. It's one of those evergreen, just keep going through it. It's always applicable, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. um, so then we said, well, who, who could write about having a sick child or sick um, a parent that you're taking care of, because that could be a trigger. Well, I don't, but I've got these things that are applicable in my own life. Okay, I'll write that one. Well, how about how about ignoring instruction? Well, I can do that one. So we started farming the last few out that way, but they really just, we would choose from this long list each day and then just write what was real to us, and that's why it came out that way, is because we were only writing about what we could identify with. Again, unfortunately... <laughs> Who wants this ministry? Yes, yeah. that's. Um, but we've so invited them to have a very real conversation because it is our conversation. Okay, so I love how you guys. So this book was practically written before it was written. Absolutely, and yeah, that I think those are the best kind of books because honestly, this book is very, very engaging and it has so many talking points. And I mean, you guys, yeah. you guys hold nothing back. And and I know so, I try very hard to make sure that the authors that come on the show are very raw and don't come from a perspective of like, all right, so here I am the expert and this is what you're supposed to be doing. But you're like, hey, I'm in here too and this is what made my mistakes and this is what I did and this works for me and it might work for you too. And I love yeah. that perspective. Now, Wendy, you wrote this book. I mean, it went live just a year ago. Oh, I you... still never talked. I still not answered your question, though, about writing with a partner. So I think I did a little bit yes. in that book. Now, with Kelly and Life Creative, we wrote as one voice. So it was entirely different. But we had a story that we had um, lived together as a friend in a friendship, mm -hmm. which is how we were encouraging one another to be this creative mom in the midst of motherhood and so I would write a chapter and send it to her and she'd put her fingers through it and say oh let's add the story of Maggie Whitley from from uh uh Gussie Sows and then well let's add the story of Ruth Simons from Grace Lace because that really she's doing that here and and then she'd write in some stories and then she'd work on another chapter we had outlined it together and then I'd take and say oh can I add this because this was my experience and and let's do these verses and remember when I wrote that let's put that in there and so you can you have very different ways of working with someone and I totally interrupted you so yes it launched a month ago I just got all excited to make sure I answered all of your questions writing with a partner can be a wonderful thing and it can look a lot of different ways. Yeah, yeah. 
So, okay, let's, I, I really want to touch upon um, how you wrote the book with Kelly and Kelly Stewart was the episode. I can't remember the number of the episode, but she was around in the fall and it's called yeah. um, how to keep going for your dreams, even if it takes a decade. And ladies, that is a powerful, powerful episode. Anyway, Wendy, so you wrote a book with Kelly. But you said you went back and forth. You kind of tweaked it. Everybody added their own um, story, well, their own yeah. opinions in, in the book. What kind of tool did you guys use? Was it like Google Docs or was it like hit save, share, highlight pink, make sure mine is purple? Dropbox. Like, okay. Dropbox. And did- we also wouldn't be working on the same chapter at the same time. So we didn't have one manuscript. We had 15 chapters. Okay. And so uh, I knew that I wrote chapters one through three and she was working on them and she was working on chapter 12. Uh, she had written the first draft of 12 and it was my turn to spend time with it. And we kind of just communicated and Voxer's okay. the best. So link yes. them over to have Voxer. If they're working with partners, Voxer's just the way to go. It's like a walkie talkie on your phone and you can say, oh, uh, did you get that done? Can I go in there now? Yeah, absolutely. So that's a really great tool. I love Voxer and ladies, uh, I use Voxer for my mastermind group and I use it you know, to talk with Wendy, to talk with some online besties. It's so great because you can still hear your voice, your expressions, your, if you're sad, if you're happy, if you're excited, if you're frustrated, but instead of calling, you get to put it out there and that person on the other end can check whenever she or he is ready. When it works for them. When it works yeah. for them. It's, it's okay. incredible. I love it. Okay. Wendy, you launched this book last year, right? So you guys celebrated a your- year ago two days ago, something like that. Yeah. Really exciting. Happy, happy, happy anniversary. That is very, very exciting. Um, but I have to, oh my gosh, I cannot help but notice you guys have close to 200 five-star reviews on Amazon. Like, okay. So let me tell you this. There's so many people who have it's like ridiculous. Tr- it's ridiculous. So many people with like pub- traditionally published books who are like have this huge online presence and who are like super cool, and they don't even have anywhere close to having the number of reviews that you have. And and let me finish my question. Um, the number of your views is usually about one to two percent of people. Oh my gosh, there's my, there's my alarm at two o'clock telling me how amazing and patient I am. So. Um, Wendy, like you have totally lost my track. Yeah, so, about one percent. So, so yeah. when we when we launched this book, um, we Amber and I were both debut authors, right? So yes. we don't know how many like how many books are we going to sell, right? Yeah. And so um, Brooke McLaughlin, she said, "So girls, what you got to set a goal for yourselves." And we're looking at each other via boxer and said, wow, we have no idea how many were so like how, what's a good goal. Brooke, you may set a goal for us and we'll work our tails off. So she said, well, a debut author oftentimes will sell about 5,000 books. I would like to challenge you to sell 10,000 books. We're like 10,000 is a really big number. (laughs) And in the first year, that was her goal for the first year. But there are lots of books that sell 5,000 for the life of the book. Yeah. Um, And there's some that sell a couple hundred. Yeah. So um, two months before we hit our one year, we had sold 10,000 books. And when I say we, it even sounds a little bit, that's not how it feels. It doesn't feel like we sold the books. I mean, we did all this stuff that that we learned to do that was marketing that you all need to learn when you're bringing your stuff to market, right? You got, you got to do all the stuff. But still, I mean, writing the book felt like I was along for a ride of what the Lord was already doing. And and then all the marketing is like, yeah, I, I remember. And Amber would say, I remember we worked. 
but the Lord was doing things, something. So I really think that, and even this, I'm making it sound like we can figure this out, that to figure out what's going on, what is the perceived need out there? So whether you're making your boogie wipes, you know, and because there's this need, right? Or you're writing a book. What is yeah. it that people are talking about right now? So remember, uh, a year ago, it was like all about thriving. So there, all of a sudden, all these books on thriving. But figuring out what is what is yeah. the need that nobody else is speaking into, and then where are those people? Where are they? And then go there with that. Mm. Now, in this, they came to a location. I just happened to be there, and it happened very organically. But if you are one of those mompreneur entrepreneurs, the basic lesson of entrepreneurship, right? Perceiving the need and creating a service that can fill the need. And so we just happened to stumble into it. Now, with Life Creative, we felt like we were doing that. Okay, there are creative moms all over the world. There is a renaissance happening. Yeah. Let's encourage those women. So, I mean, it's very, it's similar. But one was more, we set out to do it. And did the Lord bless it? Yes. But the other was, he was doing something. Mm -hmm. And we just happened to be the girls that said, here I am, send me, and I will people all the guts and gory stuff of my mother one was when we set out to do it and did the lord bless that is it? so yes. good but wendy that was, i love your message on mm-hmm. um on uh, this just the, this whole scope of right book writing and parenting and the way you do it it's just so inspiring and i'm so thankful for you um for for your vulnerability for your openness to share this all unfortunately i'm like so totally like it's our time is up and I really, I I really, really, really hate to stop our conversation because it's always such a joy to chat with you and the mamas um, that are watching us live. They're absolutely in love with you, Wendy, and with what you're, what you're saying, with what you're sharing, what you're teaching. And so, and so am I, and so am I. So I thank you so much um, for, for being here. So before I let you go, how can we find you? How can we follow you? Um, and, um, just be, be more, um, around your content and what you share. Sure, sure. Well, and there was one other thing that I didn't say. Triggers was going so well and people were saying, can we go deeper into this message Mm. that Amber and I then wrote a triggers study guide. Mm. So I'm sure you'll link to that in the show notes as well. But the study guide has a little bit more content, more scriptures to go deeper in, and then questions to answer. And um, the women who have done that, who have coupled the book with the study guide said, it's just unlocking the fruit of the spirit in their home, in their hearts, and then in their home. And they're inviting their kids to come mm. along. Remember, we are discipling our kids, which means we have to be disciples exactly. of the Lord so that he can transform us. We invite our children to come along with the journey. And once we're there, there's got to be some discipline in place as well exactly. so that they can become and we can become self-disciplined people. Yeah. Um, so, yes, grab those books from Amazon. And uh, if you'd like to, join that private Facebook group I was talking about. It's called No More Angry Mob, M-O-B, and, uh, and then wendyspeak.com. And you can find me at, um, at Facebook and at Vicky. Vicky will link to all of it. But follow along. Let me know you were here, and that's how we got connected. I look forward to uh, knowing you guys. 
Wendy, thank you so much, sweetheart. Again, so much for for your time and for being here with us. Thank you so much for watching and getting this far. Oh my goodness, Wendy is incredible. I love how she helps me, helps keep me grounded all the time and really reminds me of what's most important in life. And I hope you feel the same way. Um, now, if you are a screamer, I highly suggest you read this book. It is absolutely amazing. And it, I love the way the chapters are divided so that way you can go and go right and dig into um, exactly what you're struggling with the most um, by just going through the index and seeing what um, what touches your heart most. And I hope that uh, this episode also encourages you to go and write your own book. It doesn't have to be, you know, in 10 years. It doesn't have to be in, in five years or whatever. It can be, it can start today, literally. And so if you have that fire burning in your heart, go and make it happen. Go and write that book either uh, by self-publishing or by seeking out um, a publisher. I think that um, you are definitely answering your or call uh, to life by by doing that. All right, I hope this episode inspired you. Um, I would love to invite you to go on over to mompreneurshow.com forward slash five mistakes. I grabbed that free PDF that I wrote and it's not just like a free PDF like oh just you know get on my list I want to bribe you but it actually I poured a lot of time and energy and a lot of thought into. I wrote out my five biggest mistakes that I've made in my business and then how to fix them and how to not make them uh, in hopes to inspire you and give you the resource and knowledge um, not to make the same mistakes. And so I, I get emails from moms almost every day telling me how much they relate to the you know mistake number three or mistake number one or to all of them and how much it really helped them uh, to avoid those mistakes. So I really hope you do the same by going to mompreneurshow.com forward slash five mistakes and any way you spell it, it'll get you there. Again, thank you so much for being here. I hope you have a wonderful day and always remember that you are amazing. I hope you'll join us live next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern on Facebook Live. That's where all the party's at. All right, I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.